The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield at the Nebraska Cattlemen's Annual Meeting. Now under the way through the rest of the week, joined by Arlen Suderman of FC Stone. As Arlen, we look at the markets today just as everybody predicted. It was going to be a very quiet type of market day. Um, CME was the only one that we saw the grade in the livestock movement. Everything else from that to Washington, D.C. was on the quiet side. Yeah, this is a day of uh, morning... Uh, the death of a former president, uh, day that we take very seriously. I think it says a great deal about our country, uh, where we have a leader pass away and, uh, everybody on both sides of the aisle stops and sits side by side, uh, to mourn the loss. And that's very unique about our country. Kind of sad that the CME was open. Um, the last president who passed away, as I recall, they were not open, but apparently a different age today. And, uh, uh, you know, the markets were open to the commodities, uh, but not a lot of action, as you indicated, as a lot of people had their focus on what was happening uh, with the funeral service. Yeah, it seemed like they took their respect uh, elsewhere and focused on the funeral. If somebody needed help, you did see a little bit of movement. We did see some positive um, but a very quiet, like you said, type of trade action today for the grains. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, China has certainly been occupying the news cycle here since the weekend and the agreement between the United States and China uh, to call it basically a 90-day truce uh, for coming up with a more detailed agreement. Ag is expected to um, be the number one agenda um, we saw yesterday, I think it was uh, White House advisor Larry Kudlow say that one of the key litmus tests will be China's moving forward with lifting up tariffs on autos on, on, and on agricultural and energy commodities. Certainly something we're keeping an eye on. There have, of course, been rumors that Sinograin was preparing to buy. We haven't picked that up. We haven't picked that up with our boots on the ground in China. Uh, but it's still early. I think there's a, a cautious optimism. I think one of the more encouraging things that we have uh, seen or heard is for a couple of days, the the news front from China was pretty quiet. All the rhetoric was coming from the White House, and it was optimistic and pretty quiet on China's end. But uh, as President Xi uh, landed back in uh, Beijing, then then we started hearing the chatter coming from that side, too. It sounds very positive. It sounds very encouraging. And so uh, I think there's a little bit more optimism that maybe we will have a deal. There's a lot of work to be done over the next 90 days, but there is a little more encouragement, and, and that's been providing soybeans and the rest of the commodity complex a little bit of a lift. Well, you know, there was, you know, the president had said he was going to kind of stay tight-lipped about bird. A lot of news, as you mentioned, coming out of Canada, but or Canada, excuse me, China. But now we're starting to hear those little talks, and, and China's talking to its folks and maybe giving a little bit of hint direction to the positive in these negotiations from the weekend. It really is. Um, I, I think the question, of course, the initial statements were that uh, they would quote unquote immediately um, start buying quote unquote substantial quantities of agricultural and energy commodities. 
So the question is, what does immediately mean? What does substantial mean? And, and that has different implications for different commodities. I, I've expected for the last six months that once we got an agreement, that it would probably be good for corn, uh, crude oil, uh, probably liquefied natural gas, and perhaps for ethanol and DDGs. A little less certain on that. And somewhat for soybeans, but the question is with the big massive crop we've grown and with the massive production now they're about to start harvesting South America, will it be enough for soybeans? And I think that's still up for debate, but they don't, because to really heal the balance sheet for soybeans, they need to commit to about 1.2 to 1.5 billion bushels of soybeans because we've been getting a lot of non-China business. And if China starts coming here, we'll see basis really collapse in Brazil, and uh, that'll start sending a lot of the non-China business there. Otherwise, we just kind of have a price war situation set up. But corn, wheat, it doesn't take as much of a purchase. You get 100 million or 200 million bushels purchased, and that can really swing the market sentiment uh, considerably. And so will that happen? There's been some rumors that it may happen. Uh, I think that's a real possibility, mostly to blend with some of the lower quality corn and wheat that they have. I definitely think that we'll see some crude oil and some liquefied natural gas go. That's not agricultural. Uh, But in the end, I I think there is the opportunity to be very positive. It's soybeans that I'm most worried about. Is there some nervousness maybe coming out of South America as they watch these negotiations between U.S. and China? Yeah, I've talked to our team in, in Brazil and uh, ask them what they're hearing out of the country there. And there is great concern. Initially, they were looking to sell into the rally, but as their basis began to break, you know, they're just like farmers here. Once the basis started to break, they pulled back from selling. So I think they have a lot at stake, uh, just as we had a lot at stake six months ago, and it paid the price since. And uh, so they're very nervous uh, going forward. And with the bumper crop looming for them as well in the background. Yeah, exactly. This could be a very big crop uh, uh, really between uh, Argentina and Brazil and Paraguay. We could see South America add a billion bushels of production above last year's production. So uh, that's a big crop coming onto the world market here shortly. Well, stick around, folks. We'll have more looking at the grain markets, of course, the livestock numbers as well, with some green on the screen for this quiet Wednesday, a national day of mourning. Again, the CME, we did see the trade today. Everybody else has been quiet, and that reflected back on these markets. Stick around. More is coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network on this Wednesday. I'm Susan Littlefield. Arlen Suderman is joining us. As Arlen, we look at the markets, I want to kind of focus quickly here on the corn because we've been talking ethanol margins. We've been talking um, some of the crude oil prices, everything coming together. There's a lot of ethanol plants that are banking on a pickup in ethanol demand, especially with all the EPA talk out of D.C. Uh, there is, and... Uh it's a rough stretch right now. Maybe one of the roughest stretches the ethanol industry has gone through in a while. Uh, margins are very poor. Uh, part of that is because gasoline prices have fallen so far. Uh, part of it is the strengthening corn basis. Part of it is the, the rise in natural gas prices that we've seen. Natural gas is a, 
a key component of ethanol production. Uh, and uh, so all those factors coming together, and it's hurt. We've seen a pullback in production, uh, not as much as what I anticipated. I think they're trying to buy some time here. We could really use some of those ethanol imports into China, and uh, hopefully we'll get the opportunity for that uh, to help uh, give a lift to the ethanol price with the export market. Um, some DDG shipments would certainly help those margins as well as these ethanol plants try to hang on. Should the wheat producers be nervous with all the things going on between Russia and Ukraine? Yeah, the market is, and now it's, it's been somewhat volatile. We've been expecting Black Sea supplies to start tightening up as we move into January, and uh, we thought maybe we'd start to see some implications for the U.S. market here in December with some of the tenders, and we've seen some early signs of that. But when we do rally, we tend to quickly price ourselves back out of the market. Argentina had a good crop, and some of that's still making its way onto the world market. So. We're dealing with that. I think the biggest benefit will come. You know, we'll see it pick up in the first quarter of 2019, I, and I think into the second quarter of 2019 and maybe into the third quarter, we'll see some stronger exports. We have ample supplies here, so it's not like it's going to cause us to have to ration demand with higher prices. That should provide some support. But then by the time we get to the fall of next year, we should you know, assuming no big weather problems anywhere, we should have abundant competition once again from the Black Sea and from Europe and from Australia as they go back to normal production again. So I think our best opportunity at this point probably looks like the second and third quarter of 2019. When we look overall at the balance sheet for next year, uh, making some assumptions about trend yields and and, uh, and frankly, in El Nino, El Nino years, we tend to get above trend yields for the southern plains. Um, you know, the balance sheet stays pretty well supplied. So I don't think we're going to see any market really um, create a big bowl here, but hopefully get a little better pricing opportunities than what we've had. Head over to the livestock side, Arlen. Some strong gains continue to develop for our hogs today. <laughs> You know, this has been kind of a schizophrenic market. Um, <laughs> one day trading uh, uh, African swine fever fears, you know, or, or hopes, I should say, that uh, China will be into the market, and they have actually came into our market to start importing pork. The agreement with China hopefully opens the door for more pork and, and even some beef and poultry probably to go to China as well. Um, but then the next day we really sell off and we come under pressure. Today was a little bit more positive again, uh, supporting it. Part of the factor is, is in most of that export business is expected to be in 2019, and the deeper we get into the year, probably the better. And that's already reflected in the board. We already have some significant premiums in those deferred contracts. So the market has to be careful and not get too far out of hand. We have been seeing some firming of the cash prices, and that's been providing a little bit of uh, support near term. and. And so when we do break, uh, we find people there willing to buy the break. Is there still some limited support happening in those live cattle contracts? Uh, it certainly have. The expectation is that this week's cash should again be steady to firm. We've been seeing some good firming there in the cash cattle market. Uh, numbers start to pull back a little bit. And uh, so that's been a, a positive and uh, uh, maybe not seeing the strength that we'd like to see on the board, but uh, at least it's been kind of trending in that direction. 
What do we need to be watching as we head into the holidays for these markets? And we've had so much outside political influence that's going to continue to divulge itself into this market. What do we as producers need to do, focus so we can hit 2019 running? Well, I think the politics is really going to be the issue, and it's going to be a focus on China overall and uh, and how the negotiations are going. And we'll have to see how many leaks we get from these trade talks. Um, but that's going to be the focus. Are we going to have guaranteed sell amounts? If so, how big are they going to be? Um, I, I think generally there's a sense of optimism that's going to be good for corn and, and wheat. Good. Best way, Arlen, for producers to be able to reach you? INTLSCstone.com. Or on Twitter at? Twitter.com slash ArlenFF101. Thanks so much, Arlen Suderman, joining us on this Wednesday. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.